Hey, before you get lost in the episode, I would love for you to consider buying me a coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a site like Patreon in which you can support a creator for the things that they do. Except with Buy Me A Coffee, you can actually just support somebody once by buying them one $5 coffee. Or if you are really wanting to support on a continuous basis, you can support with my monthly membership that I have as well. The monthly membership has offers and access to exclusive things as well, such as the video podcast that I uploaded, um, where you were able to see some snippets on my Instagram. If you ha- if you're not following me, it's the Forensics Guy on pretty much every social media platform. So I look forward to your follow. But additionally, if you would love to support, that would be awesome. And if not, just sharing the word is great too. I would love for you to help me spread the word of everything that I want to do in the speech and debate community. So, uh, yeah, buymeacoffee.com. It'll be linked in the show notes. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Dante, a.k.a. The Forensics Guy, and you are listening to The Forensics Experience, the podcast where we discuss topics in the speech and debate community with the world's most influential coaches, students, and alumni in the activity. And you all have no idea, I mean, no idea how excited I am. I always talk about how excited I am with all of my guests because they're all pretty amazing. I mean, they're, they're speech and debate friends, so they're automatically top tier. But today, I am extremely excited because I'm bringing my best friend, on today, Greg Wansteiner, one of the goats. All right, I'm, I, I, I could definitely go on with the whole list of everything that he does and how amazing he is, but I'm going to give him an opportunity to introduce himself. So, Greg, please tell our listeners who you are and what do you do and have you done for the speech and debate community? Let's see, who am I? Well, I call myself, uh, first of all, Dante, thanks for having me on. Uh, I call myself a self-proclaimed peopleologist. Basically, what that means is I love people. I love, uh, chances are, if you're in 10 or 15 feet of me at any specific time, I will ask you out for coffee. That's just the kind of, you know, guy that I am. Dante can can testify to this. Like, I love hanging out at coffee shops and I love just getting to know uh, people. So that's uh, th- that's a big part of uh, of who I am. I'm just a people person. I love people. Um, I love um, listening to people. Uh, I love uh, talking with people. So be aware, you know, if you're in a coffee shop, I might be uh, listening to your conversation just because I love listening to uh, people's conversations. So I probably shouldn't have said that at the beginning of the show. Now people are going to be creeped out, right? But but I just love people. And I love, um, yeah, I just think I am. So as it relates to the speech and uh, debate community, I've always loved speaking for as long as I can remember. Like people ask me like today because I just recently started a uh, new new position, which we might get to talking about, you know, in a little bit here. But um, people asked me today, I was at a coffee shop, um, surprise, surprise. And people were like, or someone was like, do you ever get sick of talking? Yeah. And I had to think about it. I'm like, there are very few times that I actually get sick of talking. Now, I I know when I need my time, 
right? And I know when I need my space, like, and self-care, like self-care is so important, like, and I preach that, you know, but I just love, um, I just love to talk and I love to uh, talk with people and I love when, when people talk. And uh, so radio has been one of those things that I've wanted to do um, and I know we'll talk about this later uh, more specifically, but radio has been one of those things that I've wanted to do since I was like seven or eight. When I was seven or eight, I was making tapes of myself uh, on WKTI, this legendary radio station that uh, is in Milwaukee. And sadly, the call letters are no longer unless someone decides to pick them back up. But uh, yeah, this this legendary Milwaukee radio station or or any other station. I used to brag that I knew the DJs like you gave me a shift of any Milwaukee radio station and I would know what DJ <laughs> does that shift. I could probably uh, still tell you, you know, who, who does the shift on, wow. on any Milwaukee radio frequency. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Dante. Maybe that's something you'll have to quiz me about later. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, I, I love radio. I always have, and um, it's always been a hobby of mine. I don't really collect radios or anything, or I don't. Um, but I do listen to a lot of like, not old time radio but i do listen to a lot of like 70s 80s radio djs and you know with the big radio voices and things like that so anyway but that's that's kind of about me and i was in forensics in uh in middle or in high school i guess and i did uh uh radio broadcasting and uh no Actually, in forensics, I didn't do radio broadcasting. I did storytelling and I did four-minute speaking. So uh, that's wow. how I kind of got involved in forensics and the speech and debate community uh, is through uh, through those things. And uh, then I've been a uh, um, speech and debate coach uh, with Dante and also, uh, you know, on, on some other levels too. So, yeah. So that's kind of my backstory, so to speak. That is awesome. And uh, amazing introduction, learning about everything that you love in radio. Um, I think it's so cool. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I think I knew, you know, obviously, but just knowing uh, your first categories. Uh, first of all, I think the most interesting thing is uh, for, for anybody who's listening is four minute. You're like, some. I know pretty much I think a lot of my listeners are probably in the main two states that I probably like lived in. So like Wisconsin and California. So both of those groups are probably like, wait, what? Like uh, four minute. Um, basically, yeah, four minute was our version of informative, except it was only for four minutes. So you have to do a four minute informative speech, which is so weird and interesting. Um, yeah. They increased it to six minutes, right? And I, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I think now, I think now it might be an actual full, like just informative now. I can't remember, but yeah. I don't live in Wisconsin anymore, but uh, it's just crazy to see like how certain categories like change throughout time. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of things, especially with Wisconsin being that kind of birthplace, like so many things change in the scope of forensics when it comes to 
Wisconsin as a whole. So I love to see all of those new and different things. Um, That's one state, one thing our state has going for it, right? You know, yeah. we're not only the birthplace of Rip and Good Cookies, you know, <laughs> which was used to be a cookie brand, you know, that was popular. We are, in fact, the birthplace of forensics uh, or speech and debate. So, yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Bruno E. Jacob. Um, I think, yeah, that, yeah, Bruno E. Jacob. Uh, so, um, cool. Well, uh, as you know, um, I think, and as a lot of people know, you know, uh, one of my big things that I have been just really pushing um, is to just do a lot of things when it comes to my, I feel like, I don't know if I'm going to call them my four pillars. I sound like a, like some private school. Uh, <laughs> themselves, but but... <laughs> did. I may have went to uh, back in the day. Yeah. Shout out to Carroll University. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Got to get those shout out to I, I forgot Carol does pillars too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I think, I think Carol even, does pillars. Yes. I think even Concordia yes. does pillars. I think even the school that I work at right now does pillars. Like, I feel like that is Why just- Why is it pillars? Why isn't it like- rocks or like well, I, I i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm pr- somebody's probably listening like trying to scream out the answer definitely pillars because like you know a pillar is supposed to like hold up the building basically so like you know it's it's a foundation you know so people say like these are our pillars so like they're the things that are like we can't basically live without or be functional without so that's that's kind of cool but it is still really interesting that like everybody goes the route of using pillars <laughs> When I, uh, you know, own a school someday, off in the future, it's going to be not the pillars, but the pillows. Oh, I like that. The four pillows. Pillows. Yeah, the four yeah. pillows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, when I when I have my kid, I'm sending them right to your school. It's going to be great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yes. Um. So for me, though, I guess my my pillars or or my pillows, I think I'm gonna use pillows. Sorry, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to steal it from you. Just for this second. Okay, okay, don't beat me up just for this second. All right. So my four, my four pillows, honestly, is I want to make speech and debate the most accessible, inclusive, diverse, and equitable community like to ever exist. And uh, I, I figured out that because I feel like, as a competitor, like I've seen so many things as a coach, I've seen so many things and, and I, and I have such a love for speech and debate. Like I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I want other kids to want to do this for the rest of their lives. Like, I hope that every kid who participates eventually wants to become a coach, a judge, a something that is impactful within the community. And even if they're not that, I just love that kids are like, you know, like I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to do better things. I'm going to be a, whatever it is. And like make true, contributions to society i just love it because that's what speech and debate has trained us all to do and when i look at those four pillows i am like so like gung-ho about like how can i actually make this happen i feel that i feel that one thing about me and one thing that i've been big on is like everybody like i'm talking everybody man they're always talking about we need to make this more accessible we need to make this more equitable and blah 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 and nobody's actually about action and (laughs) and, amen you can preach that till yeah a hundred percent facts and i think i think it sucks because everybody can talk the talk but nobody can actually do things and i want to i want to i want to use this moment really to give a super super big shout out to my favorite organization of all time, the NSDA, the National Speech and Debate Association. And I'm sure 
there are totally people who might be listening and be like, they're not perfect. And no, they are not perfect. However, I have actively seen them in the most recent years, actively putting out trainings for things involving inclusivity, uh, diversity, and everything. They're, they're actively trying to figure out ways to make like speech and debate feel better for all. And I love that. And that is one thing that I am on a mission to do too. I want to, they've inspired me to be honest, to be that same person. Like, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. And this is why I am so appreciative of people who are like supporting me, who are truly saying like, yo, Dante, like, what are you doing? How can we help? How can we make this happen? So, um, I love that we get to do this episode because the one big thing that people know is I am trying to figure out like what projects can I do to make this happen. So my first project, which is literally right now, I am trying to add, um, I want to, my, I guess my ultimate goal is I want, I want radio hosting as a category at nationals for speech and debate. Like this mm-hmm. is a national category. Everybody should have the opportunity to do it because it is literally the most inclusive and like just the most inclusive activity there is. And the fact that I feel like, you know, it's the only, it's, I think it's the only category that I can say exists where there's no like judgment on like things like physical things, um, like the way a person moves and things of that nature. And I'm not saying that, those things are bad because those things are great when you have categories like like dramatic interpretation and humorous interpretation and uh-huh. all things. Uh-huh. But right. having it in radio hosting offers the opportunity for everybody to do speech and debate. So some student who might not be as mobile and wants to, like, sure, it's, I think it's amazing that that student can still do HI if they wanted to, even if they do feel limited by like movement or something, but having a category like radio where they don't have to even feel like they need some type of like uh, accommodation is amazing. And I love that. Radio is the only category that can offer that. So um and I brought you on because we are both very knowledgeable in the category of radio because it exists in Wisconsin. Uh, I think it might be in like two other states. And there's a couple people who are trying to do, I've seen try to do some things maybe, but it's it's just not where it needs to be. And I think the only way we can make that happen is by getting the NSDA to adopt it. So I think the one thing that's going to make that happen is numbers. Like we need to show that this is an event that, everybody can do what everybody wants to do so like i don't know what that's gonna take honestly but like at this tournament that i'm running in the spring um which everybody will be available to like go to it um so yeah i'll I'll let you know when that when all that comes out but it will come out by the time this episode is out so it'll already be on tab room um i don't fully know what i'm gonna call it yet I'll, i'll make like an ad about it and like input it into the episode so you'll be able to know what it's called but uh i'm excited because i'm gonna run this thing and if i have a bunch of other events that are gonna be available options it's gonna be an asynchronous tournament but other i want to see how many people actually sign up to do radio hosting if there's a big enough number i feel like i don't know what that needs to be for the nsda but like imagine if i don't know a thousand kids signed up like the nsda or somebody has to say oh this is way more popular than we thought this is something that we need to do and the nsda they're the ones who should do it honestly because you know they're the they're like the biggest organization they they hold so many cards that it's amazing and i think that's great 
but some other but having so many people do it is a great incentive for some of the other organizations too like TLC, NITOC, stuff like that the ones that are I, for lack of a better term probably you know more about like finances i, I don't want to i don't want to like throw shade so like it's more about like finances kind of like you know like there there's no there's no incentive for them to run the event if there's only two people who are interested you know so but if you can get a thousand people who are interested that might be super great and i'd love to see a nationals for i don't know tlc where there is radio hosting and you have that many people signed up that would be awesome well, and you know what I like about that is that you're saying, let's build this from the ground up. And I've seen a lot of things lately where if you if you build something, you know, that line, I believe it's from a Field of Dreams, the baseball movie. You know, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I, you know, I just love that because I, um, Dante, you know that I started a... Uh, radio broadcasting camp at Carroll University yep. uh, when, uh, again, shout out to Carroll, go Pios. Uh, by the way, our football team's doing uh, great this year so far. We're yes. 2-0. Um, but anyway, um, uh, um, I started a radio camp through uh, a program called the Carroll Academy, which or Project Create, which doesn't exist anymore. I had kids who were interested in radio broadcasting and many of them, well, one of them, um, my, my and your friend, Caitlin, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say her name, Caitlin Pico. You Love guys you, should, Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, stuck with radio for many years. And as a matter of fact, it was a big factor for her majoring. She would, she told me later that it was a big factor for her majoring in communications in college. So wow. like she was, she was with me, you know, she did that. She did the radio show, Dante, you probably recall middle school, you yeah, know, high was, school. I was, um, was, was that the one where I was assisting you or was that the one where I was the assistant director for Carol Academy? I can't remember. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think part of part of both, right? You know, you were oh, assisting me, but then but then yeah. She even after um you know, the whatever happened with Carol Academy or Project Create, you know, whether it was a funding issue or something like that, even after that went away, Caitlin still stuck with me and she was uh one of my uh and that led me to have a radio show uh, with high school students, you know, at middle school and high school students at Carroll. And that was really, really popular. Um, like, um, I had four or five students every year who were interested in, in doing that. So, and uh, so, yeah, I think radio is um and even in milwaukee we have a uh you know radio show called hey hey mom i'm on klh 96.5 wklh is this popular classic rock radio station it gives yeah. kids a chance uh to be on radio and i'll tell you i loved my days on college radio 
you know, on on WCCX, Carol's uh, radio station. Now, they don't exist anymore, but I absolutely love my days on, yeah. on Carol's radio station. And then I was on uh, Greenville College's radio station. Radio, you're right, it's just so accessible. You know, virtually anybody can do it. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's that's what I want to say about that. Yeah, I um, I totally agree. I think it's super accessible, and I think that's so cool because, like, you you don't have to have any of those limitations. And um, I know, you know, for you specifically, you know, uh, being a blind individual, um, I know that in the past, one thing that has always been, um, I feel like something that you've really wanted to do in speech and debate was judge. Yes. And I think obviously radio gives you the opportunity to be able to do that and do that without any type of accommodations being needed, which is amazing to me. Like you can, uh-huh. you can bring your laptop, boom, jump on tab room, boom, put all the names in, whatever you need to do, boom, make it work and judge. And it's like, uh, it's so cool because it makes it so easy for you to have that opportunity. And I love that. Um, like me, me, uh, Greg and I are both members of ACB for, for the audience. And, um, this was something that we kind of discussed in the summer. And I was like, super excited about this because I think that we, we need something like this because one students will be able to do it without any type of accommodation and judges. And I think that's cool. Plus coaches as well. Like, I think like, like there's, there's nobody who doesn't have the opportunity to do this, like without any type of accommodations. I also do want to make sure that I am um, like, like saying that I'm aware because I know that um, there are like people with other typical disabilities who might not be able to do this category, I guess. Um, When I think about it, like it just literally just popped in my head. So I just want to make sure I acknowledge that, Um, you know, I didn't think about, you know, someone who might be like, I don't like, I don't fully like, I don't know. I, I think, like I, I again, I, I don't know everything about all disabilities. Uh-huh. So I apologize if I'm even right. spewing the wrong words, but I think like certain people who have like certain variations of like deafness might not be able to do it. I'm not sure. Um, that's just a observation that I don't know. Somebody can definitely educate me on that. As well as I'm assuming, I'm assuming if someone was maybe both deaf and blind or something or mute or something of that nature, it might be much tougher for them to do that. Um. Also, I do think that, um, as I'm saying that, like someone who might be nonverbal who uses, you know, maybe technology as their speaking device, you know, like I've, I've, I've worked in, you know, special education and things and have had students who, you know, had like different, the like iPads and things of that nature and use them to speak. I, I think that there could be actually an opening for them to compete in this as well, because all you're really sure. doing is cutting down the story and basically creating that five minute like news like kind of radio type of thing so uh even somebody who might not feel that they have the vocal voice to be able to do it can use that with any type of assistance too and i think that's really awesome um well and and it's still let me just say this really quickly it still works on some of the skills that we you know i've coached uh with you dante and uh, it still uses a lot of the skills that we we teach in forensics you know the diction being one of them Uh, but i was thinking of like cutting you know like cutting the script like how how often do we you know help 
help our students do that and uh you know they do their own cutting of the of the script but we you know guide them in that process and this still radio can still teach that and you know probably other things that i'm not i'm not thinking of right now it teaches you how to you know like uh how to have a you know, perform with a time limit, you know, yep. how to, so there's a lot of things that, that people can learn uh, through radio and maybe, maybe even more things that, you know, people can learn that are different skill sets from say uh, humorous interpretation or play acting or yep you know, those types of things. No, that, that totally makes sense. Um, I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, so I, I love, I love those, I love those insights. And I think that those can be super valuable uh, when it comes to looking at how important speech and debate is. It offers so many things that like, we don't truly think about, like so many abilities that you learn and grasp and get better at are like, so thanks to speech and debate. And I, I just love to see that and love to know that. Um, I, this, is, this is great uh, because this, like, I love that I keep these episodes so real. Um, so my 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 Zoom if, uh, is letting me know that I have 10 minutes left to record. <laughs> <laughs> that so That's funny. great. That's that great. great. So, by the way, I I did not uh, put my phone on do not disturb, so you may hear uh, <laughs> random, you know, fantasy football updates or uh, or you know things like that in the background. So. No, I I love that so much. I love that so much. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just I just want to let my audience know uh, we were gonna do google meet like usual but now <laughs> there are so many like technical difficulties yes google doesn't that. like me for whatever reasons so <laughs> i don't know what i did to google, google to make it not like me yeah yeah <laughs> and it, it's no okay. offense to google if they're a sponsor <laughs> they won't be anymore okay anyway sponsored by google.com <laughs> okay all right um so um, but no, I, I, I appreciate that you were able to give all of those insights. And I think that those are super important. And I, I, I want to ask, because I know that this is kind of a thing that I feel like a lot of people are kind of, you know, thinking about. I feel like in this world, we have to think a lot more about how we can make activities more inclusive to people. And I think that that's amazing because we want to, we're truly making a world where we feel like everybody can and should compete. And I think my first question that I want to ask you is as a student, how, how did you feel as a competitor? Like um, with the categories that you did in the events, like what, 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 what accommodations did you need, if any? And then I guess for those accommodations, do you think that like, I don't know, did the tournaments do a great job back in that time? I feel like I was, time period sound makes it sound like we're all super old, but but you get what I'm saying? Like that time period and stuff, like how did that feel? Um, like, and do you think that there are accommodations have gotten better or they need to get better and there's still things that they're missing that they didn't have necessarily for you in speech and debate that you would love to see for students who may just be like you and needing to and wanting to compete as well 
Uh, truthfully, uh, my coaches didn't treat me any differently. And that was, that was really important. They didn't keep treat me any differently than than a person who cited now people may take offense to that and be like well you know what if what if you need to be treated differently because of accommodations but I would I just really felt like I was treated the same way as my cited peers um high school is a long time ago Dante and I've <laughs> forgotten uh exactly what accommodations but I'm sure like with my, uh, for instance, when I did storytelling, we had to memorize five stories um, oh. and then just tell one of them. Uh, I don't know if that's how the storytelling category still works, but uh, and uh, I just I think I brailed all the stories and just kept looking at them and just tried to memorize them. My memory is one of my best senses and my hearing is the other one. So those um, both of those helped me as I was um, as I was doing uh, forensics. Um, but um, really, uh, like I said, my coaches didn't treat me any differently. Um, as far as uh, tournaments and meets, like, I, first of all, I loved going to tournaments and meets. Can yeah. I just geek out a little bit about forensics? Uh, I know we've got like five minutes left probably, but like, I, 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 I absolutely loved it because it gave me a chance to explore new schools, to meet new people, uh, to meet other, you know, forensics. I'm going to cut forensics nerds, you know, like <laughs> me, you know people who uh, enjoyed speaking and uh, so I'm not sure that there's um, like um, you know any accommodations but that was my experience throughout throughout school like even being raised like my parents didn't treat me any differently you know yeah. as a having a blind son in school I wasn't treated any differently. You know, I did have accommodations. I had, uh, you know, Braille and things like that. And now they have so much more as far as Braille displays and Braille note takers that that people can use and probably do use uh, and things like that in in schools. But yeah, um, um, take advantage of your technology. Use yeah. Use, uh, you know, your technology to your benefit is is one uh, one thing I would say. Um, you know, if if you have a visual disability, listen really well. Actually, if you have any, you know, disability, um, you know, listen, listen really well. Listen to how other performers do things. Uh, just just be attentive um and uh as far as coaches uh go the best thing i think a coach can do is um just believe in their athlete and you know ask them people i think people are good advocates for themselves you know so coaches ask them ask your students what they need they'll they'll tell you you know, yeah. I think our students with disabilities have become good advocates for themselves. So, absolutely. Um, 
I I 100% agree with that, like big time. I think that you know um, sometimes as a you know as an as a educator we do we can easily get lost in trying to figure out you know like all right what's going to be best for this person how can I make this the best and things of that nature and I think that sometimes we just need to like just like shut up and listen and the the student the students they're going to tell us what we need or what they need sorry and then we're going to be able to accommodate or give them what they need and i think that that's super important instead of just trying to do it on your own it's like just listen because they're going to give you they're going to give you the tools and that's great you know they're going to give you they're going to say like this is what i need done in order to make this feel great for me and boom you're able to you're able to supply it and i think that's super important um those are some of the things that uh, we, you know, continuously see in speech and debate as it's getting better um, and hearing from more coaches that are growing up in a world where, you know, we are teaching each other how to, I guess, coach and be better. Um, and that, I think that I think that does trinkle down uh, to every trinkle trinkle. That's, I said the word trinkle. Anyway, I, I, I like that. Trinkle I, down. I, I like yes. that. Yeah, trinkle. Trinkle down. Um, uh, but it, it, Just like, like those four pillows. Yes. Yes. The four pillows of truth. All right. Um, so it's great that that trickles down for others and they can uh, kind of see that and continue to learn. And as, as a whole, we continue to, you know, give more future generations better tools that they need to be the best coaches that they possibly can and I'm super excited that I am even a part of the conversation in order to try to make this happen so um and just real quick for coaches that might be listening and obviously Dante's got my contact info I'd love to be part of you know if you have other questions you know I'd love to help answer those questions as as best I can again realizing that each each of your students is different even uh, even each of their you know even if they're blind you know there are different levels of blindness you know each each student is and they're their own person so yeah you know but i'd love to help i think that's foster true. conversation sorry uh no i think that's super true and i um definitely will make sure for anybody who's listening i will include uh greg's contact information so that you can so that i can have those in the show notes for anybody who wants to listen um and then we'll kind of go from there so um i we are going to take a quick intermission because um it says that i have less than a minute before zoom closes out on me Uh, (laughs) but also i did plan to have an intermission anyway so this will happen right now um so expect uh maybe an ad about my upcoming tournament um and stuff and then we will get back on and continue to talk to you about how we are in on a mission to make sure that we can create the most equitable accessible inclusive and diverse activity ever let's go hey so i just wanted to take one quick second to tell you about the tournament that we are hosting that we harped on a little bit in the podcast but didn't get to fully explain. I'm super excited to welcome you to the all-inclusive Spring Invitational. This is going to be the one tournament that you have to go to. It's an asynchronous tournament. It is truly, truly what I feel is all-inclusive and 
every year I want to continue to make it even more inclusive than I already have it. Um, accessible, diverse, and equitable. I want this to feel like the tournament you have felt the most comfortable in in your life. Um, so I'm harping on those four pillow points, accessibility, inclusion, equity, and diversity. Uh, so there's some things that I have that are going to specifically focus on those ideals. Also, um, 5% of the proceeds is going to be donated to the American Council of the Blind um, in, in just in in just name for Greg, but also um, our opportunity to offer this event. One of the first groups that we thought of uh, was blind students who want to do different events, but also specifically radio hosting or radio announcing, um, as they call it in the Wisconsin Friends Circuit. So I wanted to harp on that and make sure that we gave back to that organization as well, as we hope to get more students who want to participate also. So um, there's a lot of different details. You'll be able to check out all of those details if you just go to Tab Room. Um, the all-inclusive spring invitational is there uh, with the like, you know, invitation thing. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome. And I am super excited to invite you. I'm super excited. This is going to be great. This is going to be the most fun tournament ever um, and the largest tournament. I am not joking about how much this is going to be the largest tournament ever, maybe except for like a nationals, but I promise this is going to be the largest tournament ever. The amount of, I don't know, marketing that I'm going to try to do, I, I guess, I mean, I don't really have money. I'm extremely broke, but I will be marketing it uh, in like other ways. So if it's literally, if I have to stand outside like one of those like people who have those signs and flips them and stuff, I will and just be like, come to the all-inclusive spring invitational. That's going to be great. Okay. Anyway, um, I really hope to see you all there. And if you want to support um, in any way, uh, first of all, come to the tournament because this is going to be great. Um, I'm also creating shirts for the tournament. Uh, and like I said, 5% of any proceeds, um, it is going to the American Council of the Blind. Uh, so I really hope that you're able to support and be able to help out with that. Additionally, if you just want to support the things that I do in the speech and debate community and that I'm continuing to uh, grow, you can support me um, at my buy, at buy me a coffee. Uh, com. My link is like in the podcast notes and stuff. Um, so you can literally support by buying me a coffee for just $5 or you can support on a monthly basis and have exclusive opportunities for like uh, episodes that I have. I have a exclusive video episode as well of one of my podcasts that was super, super fun to film with uh, Aaron Branch and Keswell Boateng. So check it out. And yeah, uh, let's get back to the show because uh, I don't want to hold you up too long. This is a pretty long episode, uh, like an hour, I think, maybe, um, but super fun. Anyway, keep listening. Uh, love you all. And that's it. Okay, bye. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed those ads. Uh, I also hope that you sign up for the tournament, uh, whatever that name of that tournament is <laughs> um, make sure you sign up for it i think it's gonna be super amazing honestly um i i seriously seriously based off of everything that i'm doing right now this is going to be 100 the largest asynchronous tournament 
I like not even a question. It's going to be really amazing. So I'm super excited. Like there's so many people I've already talked to that are like super interested, ready to sign up. Um, now that it's out, there's going to be people signing up. So like sign up now, it's going to be super great. Um, I'm yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, Leah, let's get back to talking. Um, and let's just, yeah, go through a couple more things. So, uh, Greg, with the time that we have, I just want to, uh, gauge a couple more questions from you and just kind of, uh, figure out, you know, a lot of the things that we are, uh, figuring out when it comes to speech and debate. So my, actually <laughs> my, my first, my first question isn't even about speech and debate. I'm just, I'm just excited to know, um, that Greg, I think, I think Greg might have been Wisconsin's first blind wrestler, and uh, I am excited <laughs> to hear about this. That's not been verified, by the way. But uh. <laughs> uh, um, how was how was wrestling? Because that's a, that's a that's a super cool thing, um, and, I, and I and I know that a lot of people are potentially interested in hearing about that. So I I just want to hear like quickly how was how was that experience? How did that feel? I I listened to a forensics podcast and heard about wrestling. Anyway, ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, wrestling was uh you know uh, thinking back about it, wrestling was one of those things that. I did to like prove to people that even even being blind I could like do you know a lot of the same things that that sighted people could and uh <laughs> sad to say I think it might have been a little bit motivated by uh that and also uh my parents saying you should sign up for a sport although I don't know if my parents ever said that so you know if they ever listened to this podcast uh <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if that's true or not, but yeah, um, uh, wrestling uh, was interesting. Uh, drama was definitely more my thing, so I'm glad I switched to that uh, sophomore year. Drama and forensics and things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, wrestling was an interesting experience. But there again, I think I uh, I. Learned some uh, life lessons from from wrestling. One is uh, that uh, I well, first of all, I only won one match. It was the easiest match that I ever won. I just had to go out in the middle of the mat and shake the ref's hand because the other guy forfeit uh, the last round. So I was I was pretty happy about that. Um, <laughs> the thing that I least loved about wrestling was uh, our coach. Um, at at Waukesha <laughs> North High School, give it up for Waukesha North, uh, made us do this thing called the Dirty Dozen, which was 12 push-ups, 12 sit-ups, 12 jumping jacks, followed by 11, all the way down to one. Oh, so wow. that was that was a workout. Um, wow. And and that's when I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> so uh, I. Like I said, I quickly switched to acting my my sophomore year. But uh, I uh, acting yeah. coach didn't assign you a dirty dozen. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to uh, do twelve. Uh, I don't know what twelve Shakespeare lines or <laughs> twelve lines of Shakespeare. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. I you know it. it it was a point in my life. I also was a uh, was a special Olympian 
uh, for a while. I did bowling and oh. track and, wow. and swimming and even tried basketball. And uh, Greg is what they call, a, is it a renaissance man? <laughs> wow. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's so. cool. Um, I, I love to hear that. So, okay. So my, my next question, um, I have been diving into this and I'm, I'm really curious. I, I will, for listeners, I will know if you listen to this episode, cause you will hopefully comment. Like, I don't know. I think you, can you comment on podcast? I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, you'll comment somewhere or message me or something about this because I have been very curious about this. So, um, I know one thing Greg was, you know, wanted to do in the past was judge. And uh, I've always kind of thought about it and figuring out how he can judge and also like, why can't he judge? So, okay. All right. Hear, hear me out people. Um, for all events, you are judged in the same way, right? Like no matter the event, if it's like, there's a, there's a set of criteria that you are judged within and each room has a different judge, whether it's speech or debate, you have a different judge who basically has a different paradigm or a different way that they judge. So for example, you might be in DI and you are unfortunately in front of a judge who really, really, really values blocking. And you know, your, your piece specifically doesn't have that much blocking. So you're going to have to understand that, you know, um, in the eyes of that judge, you might not do as well as you would for a different, for a different judge. And that totally makes sense. Uh, and this is especially true for debaters because, you know, paradigms are, you know, pretty strong. Somebody says like, Hey, I don't like spreading. You can easily lose the debate because you're doing that. Um, so, and that it kind of brings me to a question about what is fair for judging. And this is just my personal opinion. So I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on this, but I think that Greg should be able to judge any event. That's my thought. I don't think that there's a event he can't judge. And the reason why is because Let's just say he was doing, let's say he was judging HI and um, in the confines of his like disability, he wouldn't be able to see people doing like blocking or certain things like gestures, but he would be able to like hear like funny things or, or like different like voice inflections and like diction and all of the other things that are pertinent to that category that involve like voice or or things that you would have to listen to um in order to judge that speech and i think that if he was the judge in that round every judge would be or every student would be judged fairly because in that specific room all the students are judged the same way there's no difference in how they're judged so there is a there there is a like equal I don't know what to really call that kind of just like an equal playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Equal <laughs> equilibrium. Yeah. Equal playing field of how they are judged. And I think that's great. Um, so I, I think it's totally possible for him to have to judge. And in this, in this subset, like it's not like, it allows me to say like, okay, maybe we don't even need radio, but I still think we need radio because I think it's an amazing category and everybody should do it. But um, it also, allows you know people to judge for all different events 
Um, so I, I, I think that he can judge fairly. This is my opinion. And I love to hear what other people think. I also, I don't know, you might disagree with me. So Greg, I don't know. How do you feel? Do you think like, eh, it's not fair for the kids. I don't know. What, um, what, what do you think about this? No, I, you know, me, I've been wanting to judge for forever. And I mean, you could argue how much percent of, is that even like, is that grammatically correct? I don't know. There are some English people who are, but what you could argue about the percentages of even how much of humorous interpretation is visual versus, I would say if it's humorous interpretation, one, forensics is, and speech and debate are speech, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the first word, speaking? You know, <laughs> yes. we're, we're speaking. And so it should be, um, I would say the percentage would be very high, even in a category like humorous interpretation or or even dramatic interpretations, a dramatic interpretation that um, I don't want to guess percentage ratios, but let's say like, you know, usually the, you know, it's 70, 30, you know, where 70% of it or even 80, 20, you know, yeah. well, I'd be missing out on that 20%, but you're right. The whole room would be judged that way. The whole room would be judged judged fairly. Yep. Now we all know that that students. <laughs> unfortunately, we all know that a lot of students uh, I've heard talk and say, "Oh, I I had a bad judge. That judge was unfair," which is totally their right to say. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is about the students. So. Um, I guess I I have mixed feelings and mixed opinions. Yeah, I'd really I'd really be uh, curious as to what other uh, forensics uh, and speech and debate uh, professionals or coaches would say. Like even students, you know, yeah. student, do you think it it's fair uh, to be for someone who is you know born totally blind to to judge you know yes i am lacking that that visual element but even sometimes i can hear like with the blocking i can hear when people move you know from one side of the space to the other side True. so you you may have to look at each uh, i mean uh, you know you might have to look at each category and say okay maybe this makes more sense here than others but uh yeah so that's my half answer to to the question i i don't know if i've really given an opinion but um yeah i i would yeah. like to judge i think it would be it would be fun uh to still be involved in I, something like speech and speech and debate. I, I totally agree. I also think um, only, I mean, when you think about it, only, only probably 35% of events technically even are so heavy on like movement that somebody would debate that you might not be able to judge it. Like technically, because I think 
Like, I don't think anybody could say any of those things if you went in and judged the Congress round. Like, you right. could, like, there's, like, I, I guess technically you probably can't, like, like, your paradigm, you might actually be still looking at, like, facial expressions, and you're going to look at, you know, different things with posture and stuff like that, but, but as a whole, for some, some of these debate events, it really is just, like, about the speech and the argumentation, so, yeah, as long as you can, you know, hear the debate and truly give a, you know, objective op opinion about it, then I think that's all you need. And that's great. So there are there are events that I think, yeah, you definitely can judge like 100% without, I feel like nobody should have any type of debate in another way about it. But I could see somebody potentially debating, you know, maybe judging a duo round or something like that. But I'm still going to lean on the side that, I think that they're all being judged fairly because they're all being judged with the same parameters. So as long as that's true, then that should be fine and not necessarily a hindrance to any of the students that are competing in that round or at that tournament. Uh, well, and, and just just one more quick thing yeah. to think about. Sorry, I'm not sure how much time we have. But, oh, no, um, we actually, we probably got a good amount of time, so go ahead. <laughs> uh, just one more quick thing to think about. I know, Dante, you and I have had the conversation about uh, DEI in all areas, and and yeah. I hope this DEI conversation is taking place in in you know the community. And um, you and I have had conversations. You know, we were we've talked about dress before. You know, yep. what if a certain person can't can't dress the part, so to speak? Are you going to penalize them because they don't have the resources? to uh, dress the part or what if you know maybe someone is from another culture and their facial expressions are are different are are we going to penalize them because they have you know different facial expressions so i'm not saying make exceptions for everybody what i am saying is we need to have we need to decide what's fair, what's equitable, and yes. um, and this needs to be a conversation that we have. I mean, I'm not even involved in the speech and debate community, so I don't know what forums are are even uh, anymore. I would like to be. I'd like to be a coach. So you know, hey, um, you know, head coaches out there, formal um, application. <laughs> yeah yeah uh so um but this i hope this is a conversation that's happening in the speech yeah. and debate you know community uh -huh. and if it's not dante's gonna start it because oh, absolutely i'm starting i'm starting every conversation y'all have no idea like all the things that people are afraid to talk about i will be talking about these things as as we go forward no questions asked um so yeah no i, I love that conversation it also i love what you said because for some it got me to think just slightly about cultures too that i didn't even consider like <clears throat> you know because formal formal clothing isn't the same everywhere you know like like, exactly like formal clothing in the united states is like your you know your typical suit and tie if we were in maybe a certain part of India or like, I don't know, some part of Asia or Africa or where I, like, I don't know. Cause I don't know all these different garments, but like formal wear and attire is significantly different. And I never thought about that. Like, I don't, I might be wrong. Cause I don't, I don't just like go on the, 
it is the website to just look at all the pictures of the kids or something. But like, I, I, I don't think I've noticed if there's ever been a student who hasn't had like traditional American, like, like professional attire. Like have, I haven't seen like a student in like, you know, maybe some type of like different cultures, like professional attire win nationals and like have a trophy in their hand or something. And I think that that's actually, that, that's kind of cool to think about. Like, um, like definitely knowing that there's so many different uh, cultures that are exhibited in that. And I'd love to see more of that too. So that would just be really great. Uh, but yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 Yet I'm sure there are judges that judge based on that, you know, like yeah. he just, we're about keeping it real. Right. You yep. know, yep. I'm sure I got a judge or two that like, I, if I remember correctly, I got a judge or two that said could have been, you know, dressed better, you know, back in the day. And that's, it's like, or something, right. something to the effect. And yeah, that, that's, uh, I don't know. We, and, we need to, yeah. we need to be better. We and I want to, and I want, I want to preface, I want to make sure that we realize for the listeners, it's not even, it's not even fully about trying, like, like, Obviously, one, we shouldn't be knocking students down for not dressing professional or as professional. But I think I think we've already jumped over that bridge. And I think we're doing a little uh, we're doing better at that. And that's a positive. But I think one thing that we haven't really thought about is the opposite. Like we like I think inherently sometimes, even if we don't think about it, we might be subconsciously giving students better scores because they're dressed better, you know? Like we might not be, we might not uh -huh. inherently be harming the students who aren't dressed better and giving them low scores, but we might be doing the opposite and giving better scores to the better dressed students. You know, the like, oh, I go to Harker or Brookfield East, you know, like so, like my my suit is like extremely pressed and perfect. So I'm going to say, like, and no shade to either of those schools. Harker is one of the first schools that I just think of because, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a student without a suit. And same thing for Brookfield East. I used to coach there. I love Brookfield East. They're, they're like my, you know, my absolute love. But like, I remember, you know, suits for us was a big thing too. So, you know, in those situations, um, like how how likely is it that a judge is like, ooh, that is a pristine suit. I love it. You are fresh. And I know you mean business. And even though your speech might not be as perfect as it should be, I still would love to give you that higher score because your clothes, your clothes basically exhibit somebody with profession and passion and power. And that's crazy. Mm. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's there's a there's a like there's so many things I could dive into. Like I I should I should have episodes for days, but like but like we can dive into the whole gender factor of it too, because you know, uh it's much less likely that the professional attire for a woman is a suit and suits do hold I feel a more power symbol and status and that can be why you know um I don't know the numbers for like speech and stuff but I definitely have heard a lot of mentions on the numbers of for debate where you know um women are disproportionately not winning certain rounds at certain tournaments as much as the um I should say like more female presenting um students versus the like more male presenting students um so like those aren't you know there either and we have to kind of work on that and see how how we can do better at making those things uh happen and create a world where everybody is truly judged fairly and i 
totally understand that this might not even happen in my lifetime, but, uh, but I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to try to make that, try to make that happen to try to get those things started. Um, you know, one thing, one ahead. thing, and I'm sorry, no, Dante please. and I agree with Dante. One thing you said at the beginning, we want to, you know, you want to give students every opportunity, you know, to, to, uh, I don't know, you said to live up to their full potential, yep. you know, and that's what I'm about too. That's, that's what I'm about. So absolutely. I super appreciate that. Um, I think, I feel like, wow, we, uh, we got to cover a lot of the things that I really wanted to talk about, like judging other categories, you know, being your experience as a blind coach. We got to talk about, you know, uh, just in general, like how, like students can compete and have categories that are equitable and be able to do those things. I guess um, my, my next question is, uh, what advice would you have for a student that might either be just like you or another student that also has like disabilities in any way and wants to do speech and debate? Um, is there any advice that you think you would have for them that would make their journey into this amazing, uh, you know, activity easier? Well, first of all, I'd say just do it. Just go for it. You know, my thing with, you know, the acting and the forensics that I've done and even things I've done outside of high school, you know, has been just, just, um, you know, because chances are, and I hate to say it this way, when, when you have a disability, you're not going to be, people aren't going to, you know, reach out to you, you know, and pursue, hey, we really want you on, you know, I really want you on my team, you yeah. know, I really want you in my group. Let's, let's just, again, that's just kind of being real, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, in high school, when I knew there was a forensics team, I went up to the coach and I said, can I be part of the team? And um, she said, sure. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, there's, there's never harm in, in asking. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when you ask, so, so find out, you know, who, who the speech and debate coach is at your school and, and just go for it you know, just, just go for it. Just, um, run with it and just then be the best, uh, you know, be the best you can be, um, you yeah. know, go to, go to, um, the practices. We had two or three practices a week in high school. I think I was at every one of them, you know, every yeah. one of the practices, per per week and this is this is me being involved in other clubs too i was in student council i was in drama i was in but i made it a point to to really practice 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 so um and get you know accept um that constructive criticism um from uh from your coach I don't know. That's kind of how I did it. I'm just trying to think of anything else. This is just me thinking on the spot either. Um, and for coaches, I guess just, you know, give, 
give that student, you know, with with any ability, give them a chance, you know, yeah. give them a chance to, to to show what they've got, you know, and even if they are not good at first, it's that's that's part of your job as a coach to help them. And I, I will I will fully say that there are some things that you can't teach, right? You know, you may not be able to teach delivery, yeah. but, you know, or you may not be able to teach other things. But I think it's 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 your job as a coach to, you know, work with the students as much as you can and to try to make them, again, the best, I keep saying it and it sounds, the best, you know, performers that they can be. Yeah. Now, is everybody going to work out in forensics? Is is everybody going to, you know, work out in speech and debate? Um, hopefully, you know, we can work with most people, Yeah. you know, but some people, you know, may not have the drive or whatever, but, um, but yeah, um, I, I remember my first coach and she was amazing. So that's awesome. Uh, no, that, that's a, that's a really great point. And, um, I'm glad you were able to, uh, express those views. I think, I think that's really perfect. Um, and I think that's some great advice for students who do want to do speech and debate. Um, I know that, you know, there's a lot of things holding students back, you know, people, students get nervous, anxious, everything. I love that. Um, just a shout out. I love that the NSDA has their like springboard series. Um, I love the name. Like, I don't know if that was, I wonder who like thought of that name, like and how intentional that was, but you know, for those who don't know, um, uh, they have their little spring, like little, it sounds weird to say little, so I don't, I don't mean it to be um, insulting, but uh, they have like a um, springboard series, I think, and it's like weekly or bi-weekly where there's like a, it's basically a one round tournament. Basically you get to like, do your piece or performance in front of a judge and they get to give you feedback and you got to perform as if you were at a tournament, but it's like for a quick hour during the middle of the week. So it's an opportunity for you to still do speech and debate, but you don't have to um, like feel so obligated to either go to a super big long tournament or anything. Um, and then also you don't have to feel maybe worried about, you know, the competitive aspect. I know some people get really nervous about competition. You know, you don't have to be like, this is my first tournament. I'm going to get last place or anything. It's just a, like, it's just a chance for you to perform and we'll just see what happens. We'll, we'll get those feedbacks from the judges. You can talk about those things with your coach at a later date. They can help you continue to improve and do better. And I think that's amazing. And I love that that's even a thing that's being offered because um, I, I just never expected it. And I, I I think whenever it started, I knew I was super excited about that because I was like, this is this is awesome. This is like the NSDA saying, hey, we are truly about this activity and we're doing something like year round that truly exemplifies it. I feel like not like it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I just know, you know, with a lot of the national organizations, they typically just have, you know, sometimes like their main tournament they might have some district qualifiers and the other people put that on and stuff like that but I love that they're I love that the NSDA is actively now saying like all right this is our chance to like really 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 be in the community of everybody's uh speech and debate experience and I think that's super cool that that's an all, a, a opportunity um 
I want to, um, like, can I get, can I give just one more suggestion? Yeah, Go ahead. There are so many Dante Dante knows that I do this. You know, if you're a student or even if you're a coach or if you're anybody who's interested in forensics, there are so many performances on YouTube. Um, Some just, you know, just if you type in forensics or, you know, speech and debate on YouTube, you'll get so many different things. And at least like, that's a good way for just people in general to know what, uh, what speakers and debaters do, what, what kinds of things that they, they can be involved in. And let me tell you, I, I go on YouTube sometimes and, or I listen to the NSDA uh, national uh, tournaments and I just get inspired. I get inspired by all of you young people who are listening right now. Not not saying that I'm old, but you know, I'm uh, I'm you know. Hey, this year I'm going to be 45. It's going to be my halfway to 90 party, and oh I'm I'm debating about embracing that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but uh, I am um, you know the passion of of young people one of one of the questions i ask people um particularly young people what are you passionate about then go for it you know go for your passion but watch some of these speeches on youtube be inspired and maybe it'll give you a sense of what uh performance is like yeah definitely I, I think that's a super good point. I also want to preface because I know I know there's somebody thinking about it. Don't just copy. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we all we always make that as a joke. I, I think I had a meme up recently that said that. Um, but yeah, definitely I know some people see this great performance at NSDAs or NCFLs or TLC or whatever, and they're like, that was amazing. I'm gonna do it exactly how they did it. Like, no, 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 no. This is your chance. This is your chance. Right. Be your be your own yeah. person. Yes. Your own yes. performance, interpret it your own way and do something different. Um, <laughs> I love it. I got the I got the notification. We got like eight minutes left in the podcast. <laughs> This is so great. Um, I I absolutely love this because it is proving that um, I am trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be the speech and debate man for real. I want to just, you know, promote so much and do so much. Um, And even I'm still going to do this no matter what. And I I appreciate all of you for uh, just being willing to listen. Whoever's listening is like, 10 people but whatever uh the fact that you're listening means so much uh in the world to me and uh, um this is a great chance to just say like with the last few minutes that we do have like i um for those who don't know i do have a uh it's called what's that thing called buy me a coffee thing um so if you want to support it would be awesome uh to support the episodes that i'm doing i'm releasing them on a monthly basis now because i want to put I feel like I want to put a little bit more quality into like the episodes. I think that the episodes I released had great quality. That's not to say that. I just think that I want to be more thoughtful about like the ideas that I'm doing each episode about and how I'm releasing them. And like, maybe I guess, I don't know if marketing is the best word. Cause it's not, I'm, I'm I don't got money for that, but like, you know, I'm just like promoting the episode and stuff. 
and trying trying to like I don't know partner with people and say like hey let people know about my episodes and stuff because I I want you know more people but uh for those who are willing to help uh and support in any way like you can I think you can like buy me a coffee I think it's like a five dollar thing on the website or you can be like a member and get like exclusive stuff that I'm planning to post um I, I have like I think a thing or two already on there if you want to check that out like a video version of one of my uh more recent podcasts that you can see so you can like see how it look kind of live and stuff and all of that and just have fun with it people know that I usually I literally record all these episodes just kind of like just straight up like pretty much no editing for the most part or anything just going and I I think that's the super fun part about this because it feels so real um and that's kind of the that's kind of the atmosphere and the way that I want to make sure these podcasts are because I think that's super important to have real conversations and not some edited you know like just thing that just feels almost like fake plastic about it um so yeah uh if you want to support please feel free and even if you aren't able to support financially it's not a super big deal all i ask is that you know if you really love this if you if you if you listen to this and you're like wow this is a good episode i need to like you know like share this like definitely let somebody know let somebody know what i'm trying to do because i want to keep growing these things and um i'm super excited for this tournament that i'm hosting asynchronous tournament so it, it literally is the most inclusive way that you can i feel like do a tournament and giving every single person the opportunity to try as well as having radio which i will have so i can make sure that everyone who wants to do speech and debate can do it um unfortunately some of the debate events are tougher um but they're also i feel like in a lot of ways debate is a lot more accessible sometimes because it potentially can lack more like physical stuff about it and that's awesome um but it's also harder to do like in an asynchronous format so i just want to make sure i have something for all the speech events and make sure that every student who is interested gets the opportunity to do um forensics and stuff so i'll have this tournament it's going to be uh march 2nd through the 5th i do know that i still don't know the name but it, but i probably said it in the advertisement uh like in the middle of the uh the episode uh but it's gonna be march 2nd through the 5th that's a thursday through a sun saturday or sunday thursday through a sunday um so you submit your stuff just like any you would at any other tournament and then we judge it kind of on that rolling basis uh and yeah uh, i think it'll be a super fun time so I'm excited for uh, this tournament. I think it's going to be super amazing. And I am so, so grateful that anybody who even wants to sign up is signing up. It makes me super happy and I appreciate all of you. So um, I want to thank Greg. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on this episode. It has been amazing to talk about you and learn so many different things along with the listeners about you about your impact in speech and debate, and just your thoughts and opinions uh, surrounding a lot of these different topics and things in speech and debate. Um, and for those who are listening, Greg, who are like, oh my gosh, I love Greg so much. <laughs> and they want to they wanna talk to you. They want to know more about you. They want to learn or ask you any questions. How can they reach you? Well, um, I do have a TikTok. Uh, it's at blindgreg3. Uh, that's G-R-E-G-G three and uh you can uh 
come up, uh, you know, look up those videos there. My Instagram is also uh, Blind Greg. So B-L-I-N-D-G-R-E-G-G, -G, no caps, no spaces or any funky things like that. So those yeah. are probably, you know, without giving my phone number or social <laughs> security number or uh, anything like that, those are probably the best ways to reach me. Awesome. So we know how to reach them. Uh, uh, G R G R E G G. I noticed there's three G's. We should like call you Triple G or something. That'd be a cool yeah, may, maybe. Yeah, yes. that's a really cool nickname. <laughs> By the way, fun fact: you may be able to buy Dante a coffee, but never buy me flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> I will not eat them. Just a fun fact. You will not. So. If you are if you are thinking about creating a competitor website to buy me a coffee called Buy Me a Hot Cheeto, uh, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll work. I just don't think it'll work. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so um, once again, I want to thank Gary for coming on, and I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, I really hope that I hope that this is my biggest episode so far because I'm really really going to be promoting this episode to so many people. Um, so we'll see what happens, and I'm super excited for it. Uh, thank you again for listening. And if you want to stay in the conversation or ask me anything, you already know how to reach me. I'm at the forensics guy on everything, literally everything. My from my MySpace to my to the to the the what, what was those things called? The yellow pages, the phone books. You can look <laughs> me up at the forensics guy. Uh, you'll see me in there, and I am uh, just doing my thing. So if you want to help me continue to do my thing, was that an old person reference? That was. So the, the the two coaches probably listening that are like over, I don't know, 30 are like, oh, the yellow pages. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, stay in the conversation with me. And as usual, uh, make sure you give this episode a big thumbs up, rate it five stars in the Apple podcast thing. Or I don't know if you could do stars or anything on the other ones, maybe Spotify and stuff. But, um, yeah, you can find this episode anywhere. And as usual, I never, ever know how to end these episodes. So I'm just going to do my usual. And I'm going to say peace out. Out.